Turning the Blind Corner, a series of stories about the thoughts and feelings that exist leading up to the moment that ultimately leads to a major life decision or change, specifically related to work and career. I'm your host, Lisa, and today I'm speaking with Clayton. Clayton is a fellow screencaster and writer here at GCF, and as of recently, fellow podcast producer as well. In fact, if you haven't listened to his latest project, The Professional Rejection Podcast, I suggest giving it a listen. It focuses on dealing with rejection in the job search process and some other important issues that I think a lot of people face. And there's actually a good deal of crossover between what he covers in his podcast and what we'll be talking about today. Clayton, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, I know before you started working as a screencaster and writer, you had some different career aspirations. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about those. What were they? Sure. Um, As far as aspirations go... um, I started being, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter, and then a filmmaker, um, and then honed it down to a writer. So those are aspirations. But as far as what I actually did, um, I've been a number of things. I've been a florist delivery driver, a bartender, um, a data entry clerk, a bank teller, um, hearing officer, all sorts of things. Yeah. So going back a little bit, mm. when when the filmmaking music stuff didn't pan out, you you kind of realized it was time to set your sights on something else? Yeah, yeah. For the music stuff, um, like, I, I got, like, I went into a music studio myself and, like, recorded my stuff, and it was really cool, and I got to do it. But I also realized, like, I'm not getting a kick out of my own material like I would be listening to somebody else's. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was some sort of creative roadblock that I just didn't know how to get around. And not only that, it's kind of the vibe for creating music in that sense just was kind of leaving me. Um, that fire to do it was just not as important to me. Um, so I kind of switched to filmmaking, and I quickly found out that beyond writing the script, that I hated producing movies. I don't like working with actors um, and telling them how to feel about like, you know, you're feeling this sort of, right. your sadness moment. It's like, just read the script and you're an actor. That's what you do. You do your job kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that's not what a, direct, a director should not yeah. feel that way. Um, and I hated producing it and organizing it. And it was all around. It was the, the one notable thing I created was kind of a hot mess. And I quickly realized that was just not my, my thing. But the thing is I had been working towards it for years and I just kind of had this series of a couple of weeks where I realized this is, my career's not going in this way. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So at that point, you decided you kind of had to switch gears, maybe do something a little more stable, you know, that steady paycheck sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned being like a florist delivery driver. Mm. Um, and what, what were some of the other things you said? Yeah. Um, yeah. I delivered flowers um, at high school and college. Um, I was a bartender at a nightclub. I was a very surly one. <laughs> um, I was a bank teller. It's the only job I've ever had. The bank teller was the only job I've ever had. I was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I should not be trusted with anything <laughs> over $20. Um, and worked at a bookstore. Um, and I worked at the DMV. And the DMV was the job I've had the longest, or at least working in the organization. I worked there for six years. I worked there to fund all this filmmaking, creative stuff. Um, so I took that job just to kind of keep me going. Yeah. That was not my main focus. It was just kind of a Band-Aid to get me from point A to point B. And when the filmmaking thing fell apart, 
all I had was that job. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got I got nothing to fall back on because I have no marketable skills at this point yeah. other than, you know, writing pithy dialogue for a short film. So out of out of those jobs between doing delivery and bartending, working for the DMV, does any one of those jobs stand out in your memory as being particularly bad? In the short term, again, the banking one was terrible. I was It was just a bad work environment, and I was right out of college. I didn't know what I was doing. I just took the first thing that would that would take me. Yeah. And in hindsight, I don't know why they hired me. I, had, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. Um, but the I guess the bigger, the bigger bad job was my first position at the DMV. I was working data entry. And it's the kind of job where if they were willing to spend more money on like their infrastructure, they that job would have been automated 10 years ago. It's that kind of, it's very repetitive, wow, yeah. just like looking at papers and it's just really brain dead. And when I was doing the filmmaking stuff and I was using that to pay for it, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I will sweat for, I will sweat now so I can succeed later right. with the creative stuff. Yeah. But then when the DMV was all I had, I was like, oh, this is, this is actually really boring. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I had to just look at what, um, look at the work I was producing it was just mind numbing, and the work environment I was in, my coworkers were not very friendly. Um, I think everyone was collectively miserable, but no one was willing to kind of coalesce and work together. We just kind of took it out on each other. Um, it, it, it was just very unhappy times, pretty much all around, until I got uh, another position within the DMV. Yeah, the good things it taught me some life skills I wouldn't have learned otherwise. I know how to deal with difficult people mm. face-to-face. Yeah. Um, I know how to put up with a job I don't like, but I'll still do it well. Um, a lot of the people there, when it, let's say I came to you, Lisa, and I was like, could you show me how to do this procedure that GCF Learn Free is working on or whatever because I need to know to do my job. You would help me do that. You know, you're just like, hey, you do X, Y, Z. Or like when I helped you set up for the podcast. Yeah, of there. course. It's just... This is what we do. We work together. At the DMV, there were unfortunately a lot of people that if I did that sort of thing, they would withhold information because they felt if I knew that information, I was a threat to their job security. Mm -hmm. It was that kind of thing every day. In addition to doing this work that made you question the life choices that brought you to this point. Yeah. Um. Mine happened to be short films about dinosaurs making stupid jokes. Okay. <laughs> I thought about that often. <laughs> um, so that, in a nutshell, that's what made it so bad. And in my later positions, when I moved to being a hearing officer, my coworkers got a lot better. Um, I, from those jobs, I consider myself to have a lot of friends there. It was the dealing with the customers face-to-face. Customers would routinely vent their frustrations at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the early days of dealing with them, I didn't know how to stay professional and just keep it like, I'm going to stay cool and yeah, calm. Yeah, the poker face. Yeah, yeah, I did not have a poker face. <laughs> I played that game right back at them, and the, I let them get under my skin, and then I showed my tail, and I would get in arguments with people I don't know. Yeah. That, was, that does not make for a good day. What kept you from leaving sooner? Money. Money. Money and a lack of options. As we, we talked about in my other podcast, um, 
I really wanted to write. And I, I was all, I've been I had been writing, you know, creatively before just in a different format with the songs or the film or whatever. But I didn't have the professional background to have a writing job such as this one. And I looked for jobs during that time. I I wanted to get a writing job and get out of DMV as fast as I could. It's just no one would pay attention to me. And again, I had to build that experience and make my resume more attractive. Um, but yeah, it came down to money and lack of options. So when you, finally, when you finally made up your mind to leave, how did that feel? Like the, the moment when you were like, I'm done with this, I've got to go. What were um, you feeling? Well, again, since I'd wanted to leave since day one, it's different. I guess I'll talk about the, the moment I got, I finally got something to jump on. When I got the email um, from Jessica saying, I got this job. I read that email a dozen times. I did because, you know, between the interview and the response, I don't know, it was like maybe seven days or mm-hmm. something. Those seven days, I was like, all right, I got to keep myself busy. I yeah. have to stay occupied. Otherwise, I'm just going to think about it and check my email every five minutes. And then when it came in, it was like, it was three, it was 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, just before my birthday. And I was overjoyed. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And I know I'm making it sound like I won the lottery. And I, I get, you know, it's a job. I earned it. I, I can do it. I still still feel a great amount of privilege about having this job. Yeah. Because there are some days I think, like, darn, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go conduct, like, a medical hearing and go sit with doctors and meet people and do all that. Not to say it was a bad thing, but it was... <laughs> Got old. Not what I wanted to do with my yeah. life. I am. I'm overjoyed. I get to work here, and come up with stuff and talk on podcasts and stuff. I I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So when you knew you were going to quit, when you knew you got this job, it was kind of a feeling of elation. Yeah. Yeah. I get, yeah. I still remember the moment of just looking at the computer, making sure I'm reading that email yeah. right. Yeah. You know, because I want to make sure I'm. Like, I'm not just hallucinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even though you weren't happy at the DMV and you spent a lot of time there, before you found out you got the job at GCF, mm. but you were ready to leave the DMV, were you nervous about taking things in a whole new direction? Did yeah. you did you have any self-doubt or or were you feeling confident? What, what were you feeling in general? I, I was feeling both. Um, I was feeling confident because... Especially in the past year, I feel like I've got my craft down. And I've only gotten better since I've uh, worked here. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified because I'm th- especially once I got the job, I was like, okay, now I've I've got to deliver. Yeah. Like, they believe in me enough to offer me this job. i got to show up. And my first month here, of, of course, I didn't know anybody here. I didn't want to tell anybody this. I was terrified that I was not doing a good job. Yeah. Because, again, I spent six years at DMV. I'm thinking, I've got this wonderful thing, and I can't blow it. And I was I was psyching myself out um, because I was doing something completely different. And the first month or so, I was worried that my work just wasn't good enough. For whatever reason, I was still trying to figure out the style of this place, like how you guys wanted to showcase things. Um, and I kept wondering, like, one day somebody's going to come over. It's like, you know what? This just isn't working out. 
I, I was I lived in fear of that moment. I can and, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to show it. You I mean I don't want to like I don't want you to come to my desk and I'm just sweating <laughs> constantly. Um, and what made that worse, that feeling worse, is on my second day here, I was sick as a dog. And not because because my girlfriend had been sick at the time, and of course I got it a few days later. If I had had sick leave available, I absolutely would have taken it. And I rarely take sick. I'm I'm not sick very often. Yeah. Um, I felt absolutely terrible. And then we went to the state fair the next day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And everyone was eating like all the, the different foods and stuff. And it took all I had just not to like keep my stomach in place. It just, and if I had, I think if we had ridden a ride or something, I would have been TKO. Yeah. I would have been done. <laughs> so I guess, I guess what I'm hearing from that is, um, the pressure you were putting on yourself was kind of the biggest challenge you were facing. Yeah. 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 So during this period of transition, uh, when you left the DMB and you started at GCF, what surprised you most? About like just the transition? Yeah, about the, the transition job. itself. Um, I guess the biggest thing, maybe not a surprise, but I guess more of a, an adjustment. Um, at the DMV, I dealt with... I met strangers all the time, face-to-face, on the phone. I was constantly interacting with these people, trying to get information, you know, back and forth and all that. And when I came here, it was just really quiet, which is, I mean, it's nice, but it was so different. I'm used to a little bit of chaos, Mm -hmm. and that was a big change. And and also how we use the, um, we use Slack to communicate and stuff. Because usually I was used to, if someone wanted me, they either call me or just come by my office. Mm. And I think that took some getting used to because I just don't text or I don't do the texting that the kids do <laughs> or anything a lot. And I just kind of had to get used to it. It's like that's just how a lot of communication's done around here. Um, because I remember my first few days when Stephen was giving me feedback on a video Instead of going through like the digital like Slack and all that stuff, I would just go to his desk and just like, hey, I've done this. What do you think? And like, and I remember, I mean, you know, he helped me out, of course. Like he didn't, you know, he was great. But I thought back thinking like nobody else in this office does anything like that. Right, yeah. I'm probably bothering him um, because I'm like throwing him off his rhythm. Yeah. Um, so and And that's just me just being being naive about how things work. And that's just a matter of, you know, I see how things work. And it's like, okay, this is the rhythm of yeah. the place. And, and that's also just it. you being you. I mean. Yeah. So what part of this transition from the DMV to GCF were you most proud of? That I stuck with it and that I took six years to improve my skill set and just work on it. And I didn't let rejection get the best of me. What attracted you to what you're doing now? I know you said that writing was something you'd always wanted to do. Um, I would get to create things like these podcasts. Like We've never done this before. We're yeah. going to figure it out, and yeah. we're going to make it awesome because that's what we do. Um, so a chance to be creative, yeah. a chance to improvise. Yeah, and a chance to – there's an X factor of I don't know where this is going, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. I eat that up. Yeah. Um, do you feel like this period of career transition changed you? Yeah. 
How? Yeah, it definitely. In what did. ways do you think? It made me focus and buckle down, and again, just trying to build my my skill set up. It also reminded me that the world owes me nothing. Is that just because I want it? Just to me, doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Doesn't mean it's going to be true. Mm-hmm. It just means I want it. That's it. Um, looking back on where I came from, it taught me a little more resilience and how to be a little tougher. Yeah. And, but it absolutely made, made me a better person. Yeah. So, um, so some character building. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess my last question for you is, um, what would you say to someone who's thinking of making like a major career change like you did, yeah. uh, doing something totally different and new? Mm-hmm. First of all, ask yourself, if you take this job, like this complete career change, are you ready for it? If the answer is yes, then why not? Yeah. See, you know, see what's out there. So taking that risk, say even it hadn't worked out, mm-hmm. you feel like even just taking the chance just to find the answer, just to see what happened yeah. was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at some point, you know, you put it on the line, you get a yes or no, and then you move from there. Yeah, like they you, say, and, and you never know until you ask. Yeah, yeah. and like I, everyone's got that where it's like, all right, here's what's up. And and if you say no, it's like, okay, you told me no, but at least now I won't wonder. Uh, yeah, because I guess the point is like the wondering is yeah. what could drive you crazy. That's that's what I'm going for. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that covers just about everything. And thanks for sharing your story with me today, Clayton. Absolutely, thank you. If you're considering making a career change, go ahead and take a listen to other episodes in this series, where you'll hear interviews with others who've made the career transition leap. I'm Lisa for GCFLearnFree.org. Thanks for listening.